Welcome to Just Another Side Quest. This is a show where a couple of 30-year-olds discuss current games we're playing, thoughts on various bits of gaming news, and we'll definitely get sidetracked pretty often. We're married, some of us have kids, and a few of us work in the games industry, and a couple of us don't. We keep it casual and try to cover a wide range of games. I'm James, and in this episode, Randall, Aaron, and I will be discussing Star Wars Squadrons, League of Legends, and the Cyberpunk 2077 delay. Thanks for being here, and we hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Just Another Side Quest, where we've been playing some older games. I'm Randall, and joined with me tonight, I have... James. And Aaron. You're so Excellent, bored. guys. Well, <laughs> before we get into old stuff, we'll talk about the most recent things that are going on. Uh, we are recording this just after Halloween. Yep. What'd you guys do for Halloween? You know, this year's going to be very different for most people. What'd you guys end up uh, doing? Uh, we did get some trick-or-treaters. Yeah, like two. Yeah, we, we handed two out groups. <laughs> such a small amount of candy, which is good. That's Now we have all the candy for ourselves. But in the yeah. meantime, uh, we actually watched the World Finals for League of Legends. It's their 10th year of having that. It was held in Shanghai. Um, it was really interesting watching that and seeing how empty the stadium was compared to the past couple years. It's like every other live thing that's been attempted in the last six months where mm-hmm. when it cuts to the crowd, there's a tiny crowd. It yeah. was really cool how they did it. But yeah, we, uh, for Halloween, got some Mexicans, sat down and watched, what, like three hours of World Finals? Yeah, was there was fun. four games. Oh, gosh, I can't remember. You spoiled it. I'm sorry. There are five. For anybody who wants to know, there are five games. I can't remember. There are always five games in a best of five, so you don't spoil it. Yes, there is five. Yes, there we go. <laughs> uh, on that note, though, uh, we started watching the semifinals. It just kind of popped up on YouTube. Um, and we both, that was kind of how we started hanging out at first, was like League was the game uh, that we kind of bonded over, I guess, or like a talking thing. I was introverted. I was terrible at talking. You so, caught on that I liked playing leagues and I was consistently playing it. And so you came back to league after trying to stop. Yeah, <laughs> I was getting so tired of it. But then it was something you liked. So, yes, I hopped back in and that was kind of, I mean, I didn't play that much longer. But that was a good segue into other things that we liked. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just an easy thing for us to latch on to. Uh, yeah, so watching semifinals, I was kind of like, oh, it's been six years since I played last five. I think we were doing the math because it was like right at the beginning of dating and we've been married now for three and a half for you yeah for so me it's it has about... been about three because i did play a couple more times just by myself or with some of the friends i've made online yeah yeah you kept it up far after i quit um but so i was watching one of the semifinal games alone mm-hmm. at first and then we both started watching together i was like oh yeah that was fun when we used to do this for the entirety of worlds which can last like a month mm-hmm. there's a lot of games and it's well produced at this point, so it's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a pretty great spectator sport regarding video games. Um, some of them are terrible to spectate because it's jumping around views and stuff. It's really hard to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one's really fun. So anyway, I was like, hmm, maybe we should download that and try playing it again. <laughs> and like within 10 minutes, you're like, yeah, let's do it. Oh. <laughs> so right like within an hour of the suggestion and me watching like the first Worlds game, uh, we were back in it a little bit trying to play yeah I, and 
I wasn't sure how good it was going to (laughs) go. And I remember why I quit. (laughs) I get so frustrated with that game now. Oh, yes. So we've played a little bit of that. Not a lot. A lot compared to probably some games. But in that game's scope of how much time it, like, steals from you. Mm -hmm. We've played maybe 10, 15 matches total now. And they've all been the shorter 20-minute matches. Yeah, over the past two weeks, yes. Yeah. Um, And... There's a couple of the things that were like, oh, yeah, this is what we liked liked and really loved about this game. And then now that we've had exposure to other games that have, like, uh, just going back to Apex, because that's one that we've talked about a lot on the show, um, where there's it's faster runtime. If, you, if you're out of the game, you're if you die, you're out of the game, like, pretty much immediately. Um, you don't have to worry about sticking around too long. Uh, that yeah. was a complaint so, James made this week. <laughs> was yeah, there was, like, like, one person who, like, completely outplayed me and killed me. And then I'm like, oh, no, I have to face them again. Like <laughs> In Apex, when you die, you're out. And you'll never see that person again, probably, unless you're a top tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, nope, they they murdered me once. They murdered me twice. They're just better than me. But I was stuck having to play against them for the whole 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, no. Yeah, the whole 20 minutes games were playing. <laughs> Go away. It's tough. Same mm-hmm. with Overwatch. Um you kind of you can change up more like you're like oh this just isn't working or oh i want to just have some fun and you can switch around who you're playing which can drastically alter how you're playing in league uh the items aren't enough of a change and it's kind of like a train once it gets going you kind of need to finish whatever item pathing you're on uh so it can get bad league can get very frustrated because if you start to lose it just keeps going and going and you're stuck in a rut where you kind of just have the same like skill kit same items and the same people you have to fight. I do want to clarify for people: both me and James play, have been playing this game or played this game for six or so years, six plus years. I think it was seven years for me. Yeah, or eight I years. I think I have three to four thousand hours in that game because I played it through college when I had too much time, and then after college when I was looking for jobs and had way too much time. Yeah, yeah, like both of us have played a lot of the games. We do have like League will always have a special place in our heart. It's one of the reasons like, oh, we're watching Sentinels. Why not go back to it? Yeah. But realizing, oh, we're in a different place now in life. We don't have the time to actually relearn the game and relearn <laughs> I felt what. So old. <laughs> and knowing we were at it's it's a return to this game. That's the issue for it for us is that we we do we really enjoy it. But we also remember how good we were, and we can't match that right now, and we can't put in the time to make ourselves match that. Yeah, I feel like such an old fart playing the game. <laughs> I feel so old. I'm just slow at doing everything, reading all of the – it's visually just throw up on the screen. I'm like, how did I parse this back in the day? A time. lot, a lot of time in practice. That's time. what happened. Yep. I feel like I've regressed back to probably where I was at hour 30 – playing league mm-hmm. it's bad it's real bad however all that history for us makes watching the game a lot of fun and watching worlds other than not knowing i think one person that was pe- there's a, there's chosen. a couple every no. world so i'm like who is this who's this who's this yeah one there was one character for me that made it to the finals that showed up twice and i was like i don't know who aphelios is and i don't his don't know his skill set at all but didn't actually really impact in the same way that I was confused while watching the game. And I was still very much able to enjoy this spec at the spectator side of it and being able to understand it. Like for me, there's a character that was picked called Oriana and 
for me, I love that character. And I was able to understand everything going on there. I was like, oh, yeah, I understand exactly why they're building that way, even though I've only been back in the game for a week. It's interesting that the spectating side is as popular as it is because it does require that you learn like 180 characters mm -hmm. to really like grasp what is going on. Same with like baseball or something where like the strategy underneath takes some learning to actually enjoy what's going on. Um, without like 180 champions and each one having four abilities and a hundred items in the item shop that all drastically change kind of how the game is played and all this random stuff happening on the map. Uh, it's a huge time investment to get to the point where it's enjoyable, like really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. But it's almost uh, like a sunk cost fallacy too. Because now that we put in all the time, it's like most years, well, last two I've skipped, but I've actually tried to watch a couple games every year. So I keep coming back like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like I've put in the effort to be able to enjoy it. So I kind of want to keep returning least to watch yeah and worlds is so much is that fun like to watch the millennial super bowl is that <laughs> the new super bowl possibly we'll see uh definitely especially this year it was really cool seeing how the game translates really well except for this the audience being smaller during covid the the game is still really cool and they were in a green screen stage for all of the lead-up games and so they have this huge digital background and then the game is played identically. Uh, there's no, I guess, basketball's been in that same sort of boat. So they've been, I guess, other sports have been able to to manage it pretty well. It's it's just easier for this one because they already are halfway digital. Yeah. Um, actually, I'd say more than that. It's like seventy five percent digital. Our viewing experience hasn't changed at all. Yeah. Um, compared to previous years, and then other games as well that are online, um, their tournaments are also pretty consistently as norm like performing mm -hmm. as normal because everyone remotes into the session anyway they're not at a location so it's been it's been fun to to watch but definitely less fun to play we'll see as returning players yeah yeah I'll probably not keep it up um, i think we're giving it like another week before we officially give it back yeah. up but we do need to give it a try like I mean, you try yeah. of the other game modes to figure out if yeah. we do still enjoy it. Yeah, we've been trying to, like, there's a very quick, snappy, all-random mode that just kind of throws you into games real quick, and they're really quick and short and just tons of action. But it's not the regular gameplay, so we should probably play a couple of the regular matches. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's been the, the main thing we've been playing. Apex, of course, a little bit. Um, it's been a busy two weeks, though, for us, so it hasn't been a whole lot past some like together time playing games yeah i'm still playing my um playing the egg ink game and then i have this other one i think oh gosh shop it's a shopping a shop game where you run a shop for oh, yeah, that one. i've talked about it before um just keeping those up keeping those up i did have a third one i i was t like kind of playing with for a little bit and i was like and eh, no it was too annoying and too actually too long of like build times in like in the game like waiting for things to it was a farming based one I, it took too long for things to grow, to have uh, build time staff. So going into it um, didn't have anything that could keep me around. Very, There wasn't a good loop for it without it keeping me there. That could keep me there consistently for like longer than five minutes. Bummer. Yeah. So it's it's deleted from the iPad. It's not staying. It's okay. That's so sad. 
No, it's fine. No, I'll just... You've got eggs and chickens. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the chickens. The chickens, I have been making progress. I'm happy with that that particular one. Those those chickens. Yeah, Apex, uh, I will say, we talk about Apex too much. That's just the game (laughs) of choice right now. Um, Anybody who has been curious about Apex, they have announced a new season and a new map comes out on the 2nd or 3rd. I think it's Tuesday. So the 3rd. Uh, Tuesday evening. Mm-hmm. It is probably one of the better times to try and jump in to experiment the game while everyone is kind of new. They won't know the map, so they'll be a little bit more in your boat of just not knowing. And these huge map pushes, whenever they bring a new map out, which is the, the third map they've got, usually attracts a bunch of new players. So you'll also have a larger pool of unknown players who are not skilled whereas i think the last it's dried up a little bit actually it's got a pretty big player base but i i would say that right now might be the best time for someone to try and get in they're also going to have a limited time mode where you can jump into the map without guns so you can just run around and explore there's no damage Uh, so it's for learning a map they finally have a welcome to the map learn it before you have to actually play a game if you're that type of person who really wants to know what they're doing before they play they actually have it this time and I really enjoyed their Christmas modes last year. They did a great job of having like a Christmas kind of theme running through a couple weeks right up to Christmas, which felt really good. It's fun when live service games, I think this is one of the ways that they can kind of flex on other formats is producing content that's thematic to whatever season it is. And so you're in the game and just having like these modes pop up and the menus all being themed and themed music and themed skins does actually do a fair bit. It's just kind of making me feel like I'm in that season. So Halloween's been fun just because there's all this thematic Halloween stuff for October, and I'm sure they'll do it for Christmas. So if you wanted to get into it, I think right now would be a good time to experiment. It's also free. You also don't need, at least on the PlayStation, the um, monthly subscription. You can play it without having to pay that, like EA is footing that bill. Honestly, that's the only reason I am I play it because I don't have the PS4 online yeah, uh, you don't need it. Subscription. It's awesome. I don't play Overwatch on PS4 because I, that would require yeah. that. And so I, the only reason I picked up Apex was because it was free on yeah. both sides. It's it's cool. I guess EA is footing that bill in some way to make that a thing. I love it, though, that it makes it very easy for people to try it out. Yep. So it only costs you the download space and then a couple hours of your time if you mm-hmm. want to try it out. So I would recommend it right now is the best time to try. Otherwise, it's probably in another yeah. year. Well, me and James play on, on PS4. Well, we play on PS4. The past season, they introduced cross-play. Yeah. So you don't have to play on, on PS4. You could play it on PC, I think on Xbox. And yeah, Randy, we need, to, we need to get you in on this now. It's about yes. time. You, yeah, so PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And they're all connected now. And uh, so if you've got friends that you haven't been playing with online because they had some other console, cough, cough, Randy, cough, cough. <laughs> it's one of the options. I think Modern Warfare has been the other one that kind of spearheaded this lately as another big battle royale that you could play with your friends on other consoles. I think EA has been spearheading this in some other of the, some of their other games too. But it sounds like an EA thing to me. But uh, Call of Duty would be like Activision. 
I'm not saying that Call of Duty was act was EA. I was just saying I think EA was also doing it. Oh, like doing as the, a company, yeah. like looking at their other yeah. games, how they're trying to uh, make sure they're friendly across the boards. Yeah, I can't think of any examples to give you, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> squadrons, like right? Thing. Yep. Which I, squadrons yeah. is crossplay also? Yes. So those are both EA. I would agree on on pretty much all of those points. I think that EA is spearheading this, and you know it's. It's funny, EA really did hit rock bottom, didn't they? I mean, they were absolutely hated for everything they did for a long time. But in the past, I don't know, 12 months, 18 months, they've they've become all right between uh, putting out Fallen Order and Squadrons and Apex and not being predatory on any of them, really. Uh, Apex has the most garbage monetization i've ever seen in a game but isn't that just skins though it is all cosmetics but they are at they're at a price point where it's it's bad it's like <laughs> which maybe it's good it, it's like it is not see, at all I, I see that as a, i see it as a positive because they're not you know it's real easy for you know someone to suck two dollars out of your wallet every you know every week and all of a sudden you've paid 60 yes. bucks versus yeah, that's very if you predatory. buy a skin for 20 bucks you're actively saying i'm not buying a skin i'm giving ea 20 dollars yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to play this game and then it's showing off that i am mr moneybags with my 20 dollar bill yes mm-hmm. that's uh, i did buy my skin i did buy one skin because i wanted to give them some money because i had essentially been playing for free for <laughs> i'd gotten like 100 hours out of the game or something um Yes, that's and honestly, the whales paying for the game for everybody is probably well. Thank you, whales. Thank you, whales. Compared to a game that is, yeah, squeezing two bucks left and right out of you. Well, I mean, it's it's what it is. It's just getting um, laundered. The money's getting laundered because the money's not coming from just independent whales. It's coming from streamers who get tips from (laughs) the everyday viewer that would have otherwise paid microtransactions so it just gets filtered through uh, streamers yeah. is kind of how i see the the pyramid building yes itself. and there's like a, a seasonal cosmetic that will come out a weapon a melee weapon for different characters uh that usually runs i think is it 160 to 200 dollars to get um and a lot of people buy it and that's most streamers i've seen have some of those so you're right yep. that's <laughs> It is. It's getting and at laundered. that point. That that's not predatory. If you're, uh, I'm not going to say dumb enough um, out loud. <laughs> if you're, wor- if you're uh, I mean, there is a group of whales that it is a major addiction, but they have the money to be able to support it, like any other addiction that you can support with some cash. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I still, it's predatory to a different group, which is maybe a, I feel slightly less bad about. Who we should really feel bad about is all the people buying the sports games EA is still pumping up. Because okay, those, those are those the are, one exception where they garbage. are still very much not budging on their evil ways. Yeah, it's the same game for seven years with minor uh, yeah. updates to and rosters. For that and they actually, stuff. they're broken every year. They're worse and worse every year. Ah, that's a bummer. So how squadrons though? It's good, right? Um, so Squadrons, um, I bought it, and after the first day, I was like, I can't wait to get on and say about how it's the best game ever. 
after beating it, I really, really like the game, but it's a good game, but not much more than that. So I am happy with the game. I'm glad I bought it. I own it. I didn't rent it. This one I own and I will continue to play, but there are issues. Again, I'm going to give this thing an 85% score for $40. Is that for score pretty bucks, like that is what really makes it? Yeah, that good. is that is eighty five percent for yeah. forty bucks okay. is is what I would give it because boy, it's not a forty dollar game because you're gonna spend eighty to one hundred fifty dollars on a Hotas unit. Yeah, um, using the controller and I played through the whole game with the controller with a standard Xbox controller because between uh, squadrons and um, flight simulator there was a run on uh, hands-on throttle units mm-hmm. and you couldn't get them they were they're uh, sold out yeah. everywhere and people are asking double on ebay and i'm, I'm not going to get scalped no don't do it so i'm like i'll just play with the controller i'll wait for you know i'll, I'll wait for uh, prices to come down and then i'll get one because i've been wanting one anyway but the game is still good but I was really hoping that coming from Ace Combat, it would have more similarities feel-wise. But of course it doesn't. That's on me. What I'm used to playing is pitch and yaw, which you, know, you, you roll and then you pull back on the stick. And you, know, you utilize gravity and airspeed and the amount of air going over the wings to adjust your lift. Um, None of that exists in space. Yeah. Right? Hmm. So, so what do they do? Most of it is, it is almost just as fast to simply turn left and right as it is to roll and, and pull. So oh, instead of rotating yeah. the cockpit 90 degrees and then pulling back mm-hmm. on the stick and then spinning it back to the right 90 degrees to make a, a, a turn... Or, you know, if you're really cool, you just pull back on the stick and spin 180 degrees and then put the throttle back on, you know, uh, like uh, Top Gun stuff. It's, you know, there's no gravity, so it's all zero Gs. Um, so it's easier to fly because there's you don't have to orient yourself to fly. But while it makes it easier to fly, it makes it impossible to navigate because what's down in space yeah, yeah there is yeah, no yeah. down so you can, you and the maps are not lost. the maps are not great about showing you keeping you oriented there's like oh there's a planet over here but you know the the areas are so large that you can kind of get out of where they want you to play pretty easy and then you're flying at capital ships like halfway upside down and coming from the wrong angle but you know as as with Battlefront Two, um, there you know when you attack like a big capital ship, there's going to be uh, you know the deflector shield area is here, and you want to shoot that first, and then you want to go for their targeting yeah. array, you know, piece it apart. Standard Star Wars, but without a good amount of spatial awareness, it's hard to come at the target from the right angle. When you're playing something like Ace Combat. You always know what level is because ground is down. Sky and, is know, up. Yeah. The sky is up. And that's a 50-50 no like visual split, whereas a planet is what like a, it could be a 
visual split between it and space, depending on where you're at. Yeah. So yeah. And I found myself to. a couple times chasing a target, um, you know, 2000, I'm guessing kilometers uh, away, parsecs, maybe. Um, we have to jump for parsecs. So, yeah. And then turning around and, and coming back uh, and realizing, oh, this is taking forever because I happen to outfit my my ship in a way that isn't super fast but that's one of the better things about the game is uh you know you have the empire and the rebels mm -hmm. and both sides have four ships you have an all around such as the x-wing or the tie fighter you have uh, an interceptor like the tie interceptor or uh the a-wing which is you know they're they're faster the they're made cannon. for ship to ship combat yeah. and then you have your your bomber and your support um with the support, they've brought in uh, new ships that at least I don't recognize. I think it's from, um, uh, I know the Rebel ship is the um, Rogue One ship that's flying around during Battle of Scarif. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, where the wings go from pointing straight forward yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's they're a sliding it. wing that swings back to make kind of a, an A or a Y shape. Mm -hmm. um, and the Reaper on the... Uh, Empire side is just like the one in Fallen Order, which I've gotten farther in. Mm -hmm. um, so that makes an appearance in both games. Uh, so there's a good amount of variety. And as you progress in the game, they give you different options. There are up to five different laser options just, just for your lasers. Uh, so you can have a rotary cannon or you can have something that is a three round burst, basically. And so they all have their ups oh, and downs and they okay. can be fitted to almost any ship. How does and then the, you have, sorry to interrupt. No, ultimately it's, it is kind of leaning into a hero shooter where you've got a team comp and each character on the team is doing a specific kind of role based off of abilities. How does team comp feel overall? I guess you can finish explaining each of them, but I'm really curious mm -hmm. how strong the team comp is like do you always lose if a team has a well-rounded comp or can you just go in with four a-wings that are all just glass cannons and still roll over the enemy based off a of skill well, or something like that um unfortunately my internet has been down because i live in the middle of nowhere um so i haven't done any online ah, okay um while they get that rectified but um in the story mode uh you are a team of five. Oh, and so you always go out with one support, one uh, aggressive, one all-arounder. Okay. Um, so you have a full complement plus whatever you are. whatever either you want or the game decides you need for the mission. Okay. I think they do a good job of giving you options when they can, mm -hmm. but it would be foolish in some levels to take anything but the bomber or anything yeah, but Otherwise, the support. You're not contributing to like the objective of the story there. Yeah, no, no different than like Call of Duty giving you a sniper at the beginning of a of a certain level. Like mm -hmm. you need this tool for this, you need this key for this lock. That makes sense. Um, but the customization continues with uh, you have basically two different auxiliary slots that you can put, uh, you know, rockets or missiles or mines or turrets or you know whatever, so you can really kind of adjust whatever ship you you choose to kind of be a multi-role if you need it to okay. um then there's a difference in in holes and shields yeah shields are interesting because the empire doesn't get shields at all 
uh, with the exception of the Reaper. What? You, you don't get it. Did they just have um, a different name for it? Or is it legitimately they have a singular health bar and guns? It is the latter. You, you have a whole integrity. Oh, wow. And that's it. But your whole integrity is higher and your speed is higher um, versus uh-huh. the uh, rebels that have a, they're a little, all a little slower, all a little more fragile, but they have shields. So, um, yeah. as I've heard, the meta online is actually to take the Empire ships because they're faster. You can turn and burn and actually get your uh, target in sight. Um, but I'm sure they'll keep balancing that. Maybe, but it yeah, it's, yeah, they're all very fragile especially the inter- TIE Interceptor. Huh. It's very, very fragile. Um, but they do give you uh, a repair kit, which takes one of your auxiliary slots. So you have to choose between rockets, missiles, mines, or a repair Defense kit that items. has to replenish. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, so they have lots of options. You can swap out holes for, uh, you know, give up a little bit of maneuverability for a little bit of speed, vice versa. You can have shields that... Uh, last a lot longer, but if they break, they don't recharge at all. So, mm. you know, you can take some big gambles. Yeah, I can see in like a deathmatch mode or something online where you're like, I'm going to die after a few rounds or, you know, I'm I, at some point I will be burned down going with yeah, that. Yeah. The, okay, so there's some strategy there's huge variety. in the deck building that happens before you ever load into the game. That's the right way of saying it is deck building. It really is um, that the meta behind all of this is going to get very uh, finicky. And um, on the controls point to take a step back, I was, I was mentioning that I didn't like how the controls work Mm -hmm. um, because they didn't feel like ace combat. But even aside from that um, playing on a controller, they expect you to play with a full array of buttons uh, on a, you know, a separated stick and throttle. Yeah. I have heard controllers the hardest to play this game on. So, and I think you're about to touch on what makes it hard. Yeah. You literally don't have about 20% of the buttons mapped to anything. They just don't exist. Yeah. Um, So if you go in and you can, you can, cause you can change everything in the controls. And at first I did, I went in and I tried to change pitch and roll and yaw to buttons that I'm used to, you know, putting yaw control on the bumpers and, yeah, um, yeah. and things like that. But it doesn't, you just run. It out doesn't work. Cause like I stated, the, the aerodynamics are completely different. So I ended up just inverting the Y axis and running stock controls. Mm. It is not ideal. I, I recommend this game is probably three times better with proper controls. Yeah, um, I've heard that the, yeah, getting an actual stick like VR jumps this game up by like a hundred percent. Like it doubles the enjoyment and then like the stick doubles it again, or maybe like 50% more to make it like this amazing experience. But then you're not paying 40 bucks for your game unless you already have the stick from other flight sims, unless you've already got, a I VR think stick. that's, that's kind of why it's cheap. Also, that's one of the reasons yeah. is, um, because they, they know you're going to have to shell out. But if you have a PSVR or an Oculus or something and you have a flight stick, I don't, I think I'd miss work, honestly, because uh, I wouldn't be able to pull myself yeah, out of that. Yeah, at least like I, a day. I, I'm sure I'd get sick long, after 35 minutes. Yeah, but. take a long weekend. 
That's I've heard. Yeah, if you've I, got the two already, like this is a no brainer. You should be paying the forty bucks immediately. Even without those, mm. if you like, if you like flight games that are more on the arcade side than a, than a crunchy one, this is not. Um, this is not a, a super crunchy version yeah. of this game. This is not Elite Dangerous, no, uh, not at all. Um, the closest it has to that is you can um, you can move power on the ship to different things. So on usually about the lower left, every cockpit is different. So you know being inside and seeing being able to fly, you know an X wing or a Tie Fighter is wonderful it's a great experience and to look around you can double click the stick and you can actually look around in the cockpit and free look and that's fun and so but all of your instruments there's no hud it's all instruments so the the buttons look different so you have to learn each ship to be able to know where your weapons are where your ammo Mm -hmm. is um but on the controller you can use the d-pad to divert power from one thing to another. So you have a set of dots on the lower left and like for the uh, rebels, it's got, uh, shields, speed and, um, Guns, right? lasers. Yeah. And so if you hit a direction, you can divert most, you know, like most of your power all to lasers and they'll recharge faster and they'll hit harder, but you'll be slower. Your shields will be weaker, you know, and you, you, uh, have to balance all of that. So if you're going to come in for an attack on a capital ship, you can you can swap over to full laser power and then you can divert your shield power to the front or the aft. So you can push your shield to the front and turn on your lasers and make it run at something and absolutely have a, a massive advantage. Um, yeah, this is but, their like, skill ceiling attempted. Kind of exactly. Reason. You can have... Uh, tie interceptor come in behind you and your shields are all front and you know, you have no maneuverability almost uh, and they can take you down pretty quick. So you have to, you know, you either have to be quick with the buttons and have the dexterity or, um, you know, just plan ahead, have good, you know, wingmen on your side uh, to, you know, to protect you for, for those attacks. And I think, having a squad together which squadrons this is the whole point right if you're all in vr you all have hotas and you're all talking uh on headsets this could be an experience like like no other uh and all of it being skinned in star wars like this is dream come true kind of stuff yeah so i think the potential of this game is really high but just to come in it's a bit lackluster that's fair. Yeah. At some point, um, I do. I do need to get it because I have the VR uh, headset. I just don't have. I won't get a stick, so I'll have to play off of a controller. But we'll have to try. Yeah, it and out I think I think you'll be fine, especially with VR. Does it have head tracking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the uh, okay, Oculus Rift. That, so here, okay, here's here's something fun. Since you're in the cockpit you notice different things. And even, even without VR, I noticed this, the greenhouse of an X wing or uh, a Y wing, you can see pretty well, like the canopy doesn't really get in the way too much. Uh, The controls are really low. You can see pretty well. 
you get in a TIE fighter and you're looking through the head of a tin can. Yeah. Anybody who's listening to this and has no clue should just look up some VR gameplay of this game in a couple of the different ships. It's not quite the, you know, like playing it, but that'll give you a really good idea of how VR like enhances this thing. And that right there is a huge, like just the ship perspective and this window that you're looking out of completely makes each I ship learned feel something different. about. Yeah, I learned something about Star Wars that I didn't know. You look at the TIE Interceptor and you just think it's really, really mean looking, right? Like it's just got these forks on, on the sides of the wings like it's going to skewer something. When you're flying one of those, those cutouts in those forward-facing wings are absolutely mandatory <laughs> to be able or to see. you wouldn't see a thing. <laughs> they are actually important for the flying of... Now, I don't know if when Episode Six came out, if they had already figured that out, if that was part of their plan or if it just happened that way, but if those were filled in like a TIE fighter and they were jutting forward like that, you would have no field of view at all and you just get shot down all the time. Yeah. I will say the Star Wars design team for like, I would say every movie, even the ones you might not like, has always been on their A game for like ship designs mm-hmm. and stuff. So they probably did think through that. If I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt on that or they got really lucky. I can't remember when uh, that about- first showed up, but episode I, six, they started making games based off of the, based off these it, with the first episode um you're talking x-wing versus tie fighter back in like the 90s yeah well and then i i know i even i had a couple of them and just like they had to be thinking so that you know for ship design just by itself that you had to be thinking about how it's going to look from different angles not just how does it look on a screen but for someone who could control a camera around it if you had that if you had an outside view or inside view yeah, I'm sure the designers didn't know what angle George was going to put it at, so they had to design the thing to look good at every angle when they were building mm-hmm. the 3D model. Yeah, that makes sense. So two quick minutes on the on the story mode. Um, questions I would have liked to have had answered when I started. Yeah. Um, first things first, it is a standard uh, mission-based game where you will start in a hangar, you will customize your ship, you will go and then you will come back and you'll do it all again. Um, so you don't stay out for very long. It is like a fifth, like 12 to 18 minute level that you go and do and you come back. Okay. Like Ace Combat or some, other flight sims where that's kind of, they don't exactly. Have it is just a simple the com- mission based com- uh, top gun fire at will. I mean, to reach back to the early 2000s. Okay. Um, so it is, it is bog standard as far as that. And there are 15 levels. So they, they do a bad job of kind of giving you an idea of how long this is going to go. Uh, and I, I figured it would be pretty short. It's basically the world's longest tutorial. Oh, are they just teaching you new stuff like the whole way through? Yeah, I would I would recommend anyone play. It doesn't matter if you've played like an Ace Combat. Play the story mode first. Play through all of it because they will hold your hand through every little thing and you will get way better at the game just just doing that that makes sense um so the story is the story is good i like the story um everything is fully like there are full mocap scenes the uh actors and actresses are are wonderful i think most of them do a very good job uh there are some especially rebel characters that you will 
really grew, uh, grow an affinity for. Mm -hmm. Um, but between each level you will, you'll spawn back into your base and you'll kind of have a debrief where you'll, you'll look around and there will be text bubbles up uh, above, you know, squad mates and, you know, you hit the confirm button and you will go in and they will talk to you in a very Bioware Bethesda static kind of sort of way. awkward. Can you stop moving for just a minute while you're talking to me kind of yeah. a way? Oh, um, so not you know, static. Like looks like they're a little hopped up and they just keep scratching themselves oh, and moving. And yeah, they got like four or yeah. five canned animations and the animator didn't have time to like hand animate every single conversation. So they just like grab. Exactly. So it's, scratch it's just a, a lot of the same hand movements. Hip on um, or hand on hip B, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll go into the briefing room. You'll have another conversation and then it'll do the briefing. And then you basically do the same thing again in reverse. Another conversation, walk through the door, another conversation, go to the ship. So it becomes very, uh, kind of just procedural. Um, but you do swap every few levels between the rebels and the empire. So you have two whole squadrons, two commanders, two sides of a story to hear. And they do a good job of the, the empire did nothing wrong sort of a, uh, you know, Oh, here's what it feels like to them. You know, oh, nice. they're not just bad guys because they're written as bad guys. They're bad guys because they think they're doing so the right they thing in their mind. Quite mess it up the way that they did with the uh, battlefront twos empire's side of things yeah i mean you can still tell who the baddie is yeah but yeah. but it's a little better at like painting those imperials as well you don't need to get into spoilers or anything but like that's been a problem of just giving you a story that keeps yeah. the imperials on the imperial side and tries to paint them as normal people to some degree mm -hmm. exactly yeah. they're just they're they're doing their job um and the commanders are both really well mo-capped and really well acted and well written especially um nice so yeah uh, i would recommend the game and i'd recommend going through it if you are either a big star wars fan or really like you know mission shooters like that cool okay i think that's all i have for that um any any questions at all it's a fun game i really recommend yeah no i uh, just I, it. I will find some opportunity probably Christmas time or something to try and actually get the rift set back up, VR hooked up and buy that game and play it. Mm -hmm. I, I did keep playing fallen order. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty close to finishing, uh, fallen order. Oh, cool. Okay. I, I, I unlocked the final tech tree because they, this isn't spoilers. They give you the tech tree, you know, in, uh, in steps like milestone leveling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you complete a certain a certain milestone in the story, they unlock more stuff. Yeah, it's very your force journey is tied to the story, right? So anytime like some new force stuff happens story wise, right? That's kind of yeah. when a new tree will kind of reveal itself to you. And mechanically, it's to keep you from just grinding at the beginning and being OP forever. Yeah, because enemies you can know, it, it, Yeah, exactly. It it, it locks you locks you out, gives you a reason to keep pushing forward in the story. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's been, that's been fun. I feel like I'm getting pretty close. Um, and they, they are pretty generous in the giving out of skins. You can customize, 
uh, your lightsaber uh, in five different ways. Yeah. Uh, you can customize your uh, outfit in two ways. You can customize your, we'll say, um, uh, accompanying character. Um, and you can customize the ship that you fly around in, uh, all with different skins. And there are, a, they always include the option for two premium skins you can purchase. Of course. But about 20 or 25 that you can just I buy. was disappointed with the cosmetics because they're purely a repaint. Whereas most Star Wars games I've played in the past that are RPG light in any way give you like visually distinct looks um, or like a different suit to wear at some point. Um, yeah, so the I was saber, disappointed. The saber differences are, are noticeable. Yes, saber's but the one place. The problem is you've got your hands on it the whole time and it's very small on the screen. So you don't really see it. But yeah, other than that, it's just a parka that you put on. That's a different color. Yeah. So I was a little sad as the game continued that all it kept unlocked. Like they do, they dish out that little kind of treat often, uh, but the treat never turns into like a real dessert. It's it's always just kind I, of a tiny little candy bar. You know, the game's uh, customization is a lot like Halloween, actually. It's yeah. like you get a lot of candy but it's all like these tiny three musketeers and yeah. those weird pumpkin candies and stuff none of it's really satisfying you would rather come home with like two full-size kit kats and like a baby ruth and instead of yeah a whole yeah honestly I'd, I'd rather instead of 20 recolors i'd like two or three reskins and then i'd i would have been happier having some other skin to put on at some point but yeah I, I did find something fun to do with this game. Uh, my wife is smarter than I am, uh, as they <laughs> usually are. And she pays better attention than me. And I'm just trying to play through the game and, and try to get, you know, get good. Mm-hmm. And um, we got to a certain point that was an arena fight. Uh, uh, okay, you're about there. Halfway yeah. through the game. And uh, she had been paying attention to the bestiary information when you kill a new a new animal yep. or a new uh, enemy it gives you uh, a readout on like good techniques to take them down like things to watch for uh stuff like that strategies basically you get a strategy guide as you play we don't need that we don't need a rule book throw that out the window I don't. you We're don't need figure directions. it out <laughs> and then i'm getting my butt kicked and uh my wife goes well remember if you it, it, it told you to like to uh, use different force powers to confuse it, and it'll and it'll leave itself vulnerable. Like, oh, okay. And so she was helping me. She would call out. Um, she would backseat drive in the uh-huh. best kind of way. Yeah. And she would give me tips, and I would just try to, you know, execute. And we, uh, I actually cut through levels a lot faster with help. Nice. Turns out it's a two-player Good, game. There we go. Yeah. So that's been fun. Um. And then kind of to segue, we've been playing more games together, her and I. We've been doing retro video game night on Wednesdays. Nice. Because uh, we have Wednesday nights free, yeah. generally. So we've been playing, uh, we started with uh, Donkey Kong 64. And I have that she one. wiped the floor with me. Really? Wow. See, I need to oh, I yeah, play I, that one. Is that a two-player? I was. It's a four-player split-screen um, uh, arena. Uh, what do we have? We have the yellow cartridge. 
I think it is Donkey Kong it's 64. Donkey Kong 64. There's, there's, I think, a part of it that you could start doing that with. I think I've, I vaguely remember being able to play that. Um, yeah, you just go to multiplayer, and then there's there's two maps. And okay, Aaron. There's, yeah, you can you can fight against each other. We got to do that. with the different characters that you unlock in the main story. Okay. You do have to unlock them. I don't know if we have those anymore. You're going to ha- probably do because of how cartridges work for them 64. But we'll have to see if we can. I think they've. I feel them. like those are unlocked in multiplayer to begin with. That would be pretty lame if they weren't, but rare, you know. Um, so we've been playing that. We played um, uh, Mario Party 2. And wow. I actually won at that despite um, me being really bad at mini games and having to use the N64 controller. Yeah. Which is not good. No, it was made for aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Weird aliens. Um, but that's been fun. We played SNES. We played uh, Lion King and <laughs> Aladdin. Okay. Uh Lion King is near impossible. As are a lot of the old, I think, the movie-based video games <laughs> that like didn't get properly tested and designed in like two months and yep. cobbled together. Yeah. And Aladdin is super good. Oh, like hmm. big, big, beautiful sprites. Uh, it's a um, it's uh, a side scroller um, platformer, uh-huh. but big, beautiful sprites, and it's actually very responsive. We didn't feel like we were getting cheated. Yeah, uh, when we played it, some of them. Um, the music in both of them are amazing. Of, of course, Lion King has like the original score. Oh yeah, they stuck that in um, there. Nice. Yeah, um, but it's like chiptunes version. So it's but it's oh, it's fun. wonderful to listen to. Yeah. Um, so those have been fun. I think I'm going to go back to Aladdin. Um, it eventually uh, just destroyed our patience just yep. with. Move on. You know, getting beat yeah. over the head with how hard it was. But they give you codes at the end of every uh, quote-unquote world because it's three levels to a world, and then they give you a code. There you go. That is around. five characters long, like literally characters like Genie, Genie, Aladdin, <laughs> oh. Yago. <laughs> yeah, and so it's literally five characters. Um so that means we can checkpoint a little checkpoint a little bit. So that that'll make it easier to go back to. There we go. Yeah. Uh, you guys have been playing a little bit uh, vintage as well, just just a hair. Yeah. So that's a friend of mine dropped off his N64 because ours dies after about 20, 30 seconds typically. Yep. Um, so it's we've so been locked out of a pile of old cartridges that we've just had sitting around. Yep. Um, tonight was kind of the first time actually in prep for just, I had like an hour to spare. So I was like, I'm going to boot it up now that we got it over the weekend. I'm going to boot this thing up. So I, I started to play a little bit of Mario 64. That's it for now. We have a couple games we'll try. Mm-hmm. Uh, controls are terrible. I mean, they're just, they're really bad. They're not as badly. It's, it's, I'm like, okay, this is why I was a hit back in the day. Like, okay. We had a lot more patience as kids back then. Now I'm like, this is, this is insane. This is so hard. I I watch it on our big screen. It looks so bad. It looks so bad on that. I'm like, yeah. okay, when I play this, I actually would rather have it put onto a smaller yeah, screen. Yeah, we need a little CRT or something. It doesn't even like Yeah. It does it just a, just a small monitor or have some sort that can handle the, the input that that old school yeah. inputs. It, it does. It looks pretty bad. So it's not just the size that's the problem because yeah. um, I've I've gone through this already. I started on our 55-inch um, HD TV and went, oh, that's no good. 
But so I moved down to our 24 inch. It's not a monitor. It's a television. 24 inch 1080i. Yeah, still bad. TV. Still really bad. Yeah. Still really bad. So currently I'm running everything on a 33 inch Sony Tritanian CRT television. Yeah. You have to run and it it's on a CRT. Perfect. Yeah. That's it's built for that. The like the so digital. So one thing that I don't know, people don't conversion that happens generally take into account is when they built those games, they built it visually for the screen to be a bubble of glass, how they're convex. Mm-hmm. That's actually part of it. So if you play on a flat screen, some games you will get distortion around the edge because they programmed it to have a bend. Mm-hmm. Oh, to, yeah, combat um, that that glass. Bubble. On top of yeah. that, you just need something that isn't high definition. Yeah. Um, and ideally something that uses scan lines. Mm-hmm. Um, because how it programs some games actually won't physically work properly without scan lines because they used that time as a buffer to put in extra animations Um, because there's a time that the scan lines are literally going across the screen and it's loading a new screen and in that fraction of a second they use tricks to put in extra animations in that. Hmm. So it'll make things stilted and make it hard to hit your target or avoid getting hit on things. Yeah, it's interesting how Uh, milliseconds, when it comes to reaction time and input, like lag or the lack of it, um, especially in a platformer um, or a game that has some pretty time-sensitive inputs that you need to be doing, it's pretty crazy how, yeah, like those missing milliseconds or the information not being there um starts to just it feels it feels bad in quotes like it just it feels slow or laggy or clunky yeah you it feels like it's not fun like oh this is a bad game but then you play on it play it the way it's intended to be played and that's why upporting things is not as easy as people think they're like why don't they just bring you know super metroid whatever it is at the time like why don't they just port it up just just do it direct port but it's not that easy when you dig into the nitty gritty of why the game works correctly. Yeah. yeah. I know that for me, um, the N64 that is ours, I was playing that in 2011, I think. And it was when it was still working. Um, and I, for me, it really does depend on what game you're playing it off of, too. Um, some games just don't look good anymore because we are graphics for particularly 3D games. I'm going to go back to Mario 64 since that's what James was playing earlier. Like looking at that, it's like our graphics have improved for that style of game. But there's other mm-hmm. style games that were popular for the 64 that, um, depending on the viewpoint, like the style of how they um, designed their characters and designed, like if it's pixelated art versus 3D art or something like that, it looks better because it doesn't age, it hasn't aged the same way. Because our current style of art that goes into games hasn't developed more. I would say that Nintendo specifically actually does a pretty good job of keeping their stuff timeless, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, Mario 64 looks a lot better than some other games that came out that first year that mm-hmm. the 64 launched um, because they went with like the less realistic. I mean, that's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Games that like pushed realistic graphics have always like looked wor- like aged more poorly. Even now, look back at the original um, Gears of War. You know, when that first came out, I remember being blown away, yeah. like, oh, we've done it. We have photorealism. We're, we're done. 
And now it's like, ooh, that's, <laughs> that's that funny. Not okay. Yeah. Every time new game comes out, wow, this looks, it's like mind blowing. I'm so immersed. And then 10 years later, you're like, this is garbage. How was I ever immer- like immersed into this? It's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. But it's not that easy to program a game, right, guys? <laughs> not that easy. Sometimes you need a little Sometimes extra time <laughs> to make it work. Sometimes it doesn't just work out of the box. So let's dive into the salt mine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a game I Everyone's super excited that Cyberpunk has been delayed. Very excited. I've heard nothing but rejoicing on the internet for this. They're all like, you know what? We're glad that, you know, less chance of crunch and, you know, better to put out a good game than a fast game. That's what everyone's saying, right? Definitely. Especially the third or fourth time that they've made a uh, pushback announcement. Yeah, no one's... I think they were fine until they said that they went gold. Yeah, that I think is confusing for a lot of people to go gold and then to then not uh, like to push back release. This isn't the first game. There's been other games that have gone gold and then pushed back release. So it's not a first, but I think it's been a while since we've had a a major title like this do that I've gone gold announcement, which doesn't mean much anymore. That's a thing. Going gold really is not a thing uh, like it used to be. Which, why don't we explain what we're talking about? Admittedly, I didn't know cyberpunk. What, what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, Cyberpunk 2077 has delayed by 22 days, 21 days. 21 days. So, December 10th, I think, is the new launch date. And they went gold, which used to mean we sent our code off to the printing press and the CDs are being burned, which is still what going gold is supposed to mean. However, now day one patches are pretty much every game has. Mm-hmm. So you really, going gold doesn't matter. You could print gobbledygook on your CD and then repatch the entire game into a day one patch and call it a day. Uh, well, for call a lot of- day uh, one? A day one, yeah, day one patch. Uh, for a lot of games, that's the case. And I don't even know if you could, I wonder if you could actually, when you buy the- physical copy of cyberpunk if you can play it without the internet like if i turn my internet off can i launch it without having the day one patch and how bad will it look so and maybe there is something where going gold has to have most of the game and it needs to function and it has to be good but that's the confusing part because day one patches have kind of interrupted and lessened what going gold kind of means but yeah that's um it's weird to have that happen with it going gold. So they're pretty much done with the game, but then they delayed. So who knows? Who knows what it is? Yeah, the there are a lot of signs pointing to the issue actually being with the last-gen consoles. Uh, yeah. I think we're at the point we can start calling them that now. Uh, yeah. Last-gen I mean, consoles, the Xbox One, PS4. Um, there was a, a statement uh, that was given in, inferring that uh, the game was ready for PC and next-gen consoles and could have been shipped as scheduled, uh, but there were some final optimization things uh, that are requiring time. Um, so that was said on an investor call, which, you know, of course, they have to be super honest uh, on that with their, you know, if they want yeah. to keep getting money from investors. So... It sounds like they did their job, 
the game is ready, but there's there's just yes problems no. with cross gen. Um, that was yeah when the the yellow block post released and they pushed out the the, the announcement. They pretty much hinted at that when they were like we're we're launching on nine different platforms. We need to delay. This is we need to optimize. We're like this is our time to fix some stuff. It's not up to our high level standards like the standard kind of PR um, talking points. And I pretty quickly that was I was chatting with some friends over text, and that was my guess was like if I were to guess, the original PS4 is their problem child. I remember when we had to go through CERT yep. for a launch. PS4 was like a huge choke point. Like it was it was surprising. Again, we were also not familiar with the PS4 ecosystem or the PlayStation ecosystem as well. Like for the first launch, it was kind of we had to go through all those steps for the first time. And realizing like the way that they allocate memory is different from a standard PC, whereas like Xbox and PCs are pretty similar in their archetype or architecture. The yep. PlayStation is actually a little funky, and it's the original PS4 is really bottlenecked on performance. Mm-hmm. So it's very. I'm always now after we went through that process of like trying to get certified. Uh, I have a huge amount of respect for like every game that comes out now that looks really good and runs on the original PlayStation Four because that thing is old and very behind on performance so that would be my guess if i were to have to guess on what it was they overscoped at some point got really excited about all the new hardware coming out probably just kept upping crowd sizes upping like visual distances just loading levels with all this stuff that new hardware can manage and can pull out of SSDs really fast and can load into piles of RAM and can hold in RAM. And then they loaded up on the PS4. <laughs> Probably were like, ugh, ah, it's hitting 15 frames. Or it crashed. Or it crashed, yeah. And then, again, I guess going gold, you do have to hit cert. So they probably got certified on all the platforms. But I would guess that the original PS4 is running that game at below 30 frames and it's probably pretty consistently if i were to guess be like it's hitting 15 frames all the time and it's dipping down to four occasionally when like you turn around 360 and it has to load in all the information right behind you so if that's the issue that becomes a mess to try and fix if you can't just like pull levers that like lower resolution or that's not really a lever you can pull. But if you've got... LODs. LODs, you can try and put in fog. I'm sorry, LODs? Level of detail um, basics is that it it, you can swap in a character model or or an asset model for a lower resolution version of that same thing. And it looks good from farther away, but when you put them both together up close, one looks worse than the other. I'll give an example. Let's say you have a tree and you have three LODs. And every game... Essentially, this is how they trick mm-hmm. your like your system into looking better. You have a tree that loads if you're a foot away with a high level of detail so you can see the bark. If you walk 20 feet away, it actually pops that tree out and puts in a new tree exactly in the same spot that's exactly the same looking, but at a tenth of the level of detail. 
But at 20 feet away, you couldn't see bark anyway, naturally, with your eyes. Yep. So it's fuzzy. It's actually like a fuzzy, low-res image. But at 20 feet, it still looks good because you're 20 feet. And then at 50 feet, it becomes some complete garbage gobbledygook, but it still has the shape and the colors are kind of there. I'm giving or, a really broad example. Oh, of this. yeah. Or becomes a, a, just a flat billboard. Yeah, just like a 2D image of the tree. Yeah. yeah. So like super low cost on your system to do that because now at, at 100 feet away, you need to load a hundred of these trees. You need to turn as many of them into 2D little cardboard cutouts as possible. So that happens in every regard. That's NPCs, that's detail on buildings, that's cars. Like it'll load in a separate asset essentially like on top. And it'll, so it'll just swap out. So whatever you're like focused on and looking at really close will always look really good. But then everything that you're not focused on that's away is going to try and dump as much of its quality as possible to keep performance up. But you can only do that to such a degree. And so if you've got a ton of content that is really close to the player at any one time, and I'm thinking about like the street crowds that they showed off like a year ago that you walk through with all of those NPCs that are like all walking by you at like two feet away. Mm -hmm. I can see where like there's only so many levers and dials that you can pull down and adjust before you have to start actually cutting game content, which is where it becomes a major time sink. You go, we can't get this at, to a performance level. We have to cut our, cut our crowd density down. Like we just need half as many. And then it gets messy. Then you're like, how many? And optimization crews like, you need to cut half your crowd out. And then the game designers are like, this won't feel like the same game. <laughs> and so that there's a fight because you have to, essentially everyone has to make a bunch of concessions to get the darn thing to just run. Um, it's an annoying process to have to go through yeah. to have, at least from a from the design side, being on this, like having created this stuff, having then to have to go back and to make sure you're optimizing it correctly because, hey, you didn't, you didn't have this anticipated um, build that you needed to have. Yeah for ps4 even uh i'll give an example like yeah that there's a, a point in one of the levels where uh apparently you could walk into a trigger or it was a bunch of triggers that were overlapping that fired a bunch of my sounds all at once and it hit too much of ram like i just i was using too much ram in the audio department for what we were supposed to hit in this one spot because it loaded a bunch all at the same time and i'm a sound guy like i want all the sounds to sound good and to, to be there but they're like, you just, you need to cut. You just need to remove one of your sounds or do some sort of trickery so that no one will notice. But for me, I was like, dang it. I, I lost out on like a sound somewhere. I had to do a bunch of changing. Something that you care, care for. Yeah. People was like, you don't get this in the game so anymore. Scope happens like on every level. Every sound guy's going to want the sound to be at the highest quality they can push and as many of them as possible. Every, Artists are yeah. going to want the highest level of detail they can do. A bunch of the like creatives that are kind of at the top are going to spearhead new ways to do it. There's these new shaders. There's this new tech that's really cool. And then the designers are like, oh, that's awesome. We've got to push. And it's just like too creative almost. And it's hard to limit. And you can't really optimize as you go very well because you, you need to just like design systems and get systems into the game and you can't optimize until like all the systems are on top of each other so it's hard you can do like optimization milestones or you can have stuff in place to try and, and keep things from getting out of hand but 
this is clearly they got a little out of hand. So at some point, yep. someone was irresponsible in their studio. I think that that at some point they were a little. They probably put one optimistic. too many trees, one too many people. <laughs> but I think yeah, like one too many would be okay. We crunch for a week and then before game launch, and then we push out our patch. It's probably like three too many trees, four too many trees. And I'm Ten. pretty sure that's they had some really tough last minute decision where like optimization team was like you actually need to redesign a space somewhere or some major bug is crashing this thing. Um, you need to get this solved. And suddenly it's more than just like one or two people that fix this and it turns into like a department mm -hmm. or a whole level needs to be like slightly tweaked in some way. And suddenly you're looking at everyone needing to touch this level one more time. So I could see that costing 20, 21 days. So that's my guess would be I something have, like that. I have two tough questions then. Um, first of all, do you feel in your guys' experience, how do you each feel about, do you think this could have been caused by crunch? Is this the type of mistake that happens because you crunch? Or is this something that happened well before, well before. Um, toward more towards the beginning and um, that wouldn't have had a uh, wouldn't have been a factor. Um, it, would, it would have probably happened early on, but it wouldn't have been caught because when you're crunching, you don't get the same amount of focus on everything. You can't put your hundred percent. You're putting your over a hundred percent everywhere, and so you do lo lose track of certain things. And so it's something that wouldn't that I can see being lost because of crunch and not being caught earlier on. I but, I, I wouldn't. I don't think crunch would be to blame. I, I don't think that the people working on it were like sleepy and so they they missed it. Crunch typically is a very high production flow cycle where yeah. you have the tube or the tap on absolute max and crunch turns into a large amount of stuff being spun through the system. You've got tons of art being implemented. You have a ton of audio being worked on. For us, like scene checkout, like you've got people constantly jumping into scenes, or in this case, like a level, or they'll probably, they've got their levels all blocked up into chunks. So the person who needs to touch up a certain, let's say it's a specific skyscraper, will like check out that skyscraper from the project, work on it, and then check it back into the cloud project. Then someone else will take the skyscraper, check it out on their system, and then check it back in. Mm -hmm. So you've got a whole studio that's pushing really hard. You've got way more check-in checkouts. You've got way more new files being uploaded. You have way more systems that are getting adjusted. And you can't optimize during that time. And that is where there is less checks and balances usually happening. Because you don't, I mean, that team will also be crunching. But I think that the volume output just gets really fast during crunch periods. You get a lot done. There's like a lot of progress that happens during crunch periods, um, which is why they're so tempting. And as creatives, you end up not procrastinating, but you end up always kind of chewing through your time, adding and not cutting. And so then it gets into this tricky spot of cutting always comes at the end. And in most stu studios, because they're creatives, it's really hard to cut like as you go in a reasonable manner and you really just end up adding 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 and then get to a point where you're like oh my goodness there's i overscoped what i wanted to do my my dream for this game for my part of it was too high 
And that happens at every level. It's really hard to avoid that. That's why almost all studios have that crunch period, though other jobs have it too. But I'm kind of in the boat of crunch partially happens just because it's a pile of creative people um, trying to make something that they really enjoy. And so you get carried away, like you get a little carried away. So that's a long, the long answer for me. Well, my other question then would be, so if we're thinking that this is something like um, the PS4 version uh, dropping frames pretty bad in, in certain areas during testing, um, do you think, what do you think's worse for their image? Uh, another 21 day extension after claiming that they've quote unquote shipped it um, or shipping a game that the last gen version um, drops frames. I mean, obviously to them, they decided that it was in their best interest to push, but like how bad would the, you know, the, the console problem have to be for them to, you know, take the defamation of yet another delay yeah. and, and that be worth it to us. I think that's the question a lot of people have asked. It's like, this does not look good for you delaying. So I'm willing to bet it's more than just some frames being dropped or it's, you know, something like frames being dropped dramatically and they haven't found the fix yet. I know mm -hmm. for us, that's usually the hardest thing is the guy at the top is like, Programming lead, uh, tech lead over here, like art tech lead, give me an estimate on the fix for our problem. And then you have another team, like optimization team is the one that presents the problem. So they'll be like, your problem is I'm getting two frames a second at this very specific angle that testers found. And I, it like, this is happening. And then at this particular, like this whole level loads at 14 frames and it keeps dipping to eight. You can't play this level. Higher up then has to go how much time to fix. And then programming has to make up a number and hope like there's no, if they had an answer, it would probably be fixed. That's usually how code problems tend to go as you can estimate. Um, but just trying to find the issue can, like, just trying to figure out what the issue is, not even like actually knowing what the answer is can take days depending on what that yeah. is. Sometimes you find it really fast, but those are the good days. Yeah. So, and sometimes you'll find some of an answer or like the core problem, but then you have to get really creative on how to solve it. Sometimes the solve isn't just, oh yeah, we'll fix our bug in the code. Sometimes it is, I'm, the frames are getting dropped and the only way is to start cutting content out of our level. Sometimes the issue is actually related to a core system that got built for the game that's like a core feature. It's like, well, this, we didn't anticipate this could be the uh, Yeah, an, a issue. weird interaction or yeah, some crazy thing happening. So that's where it gets really tricky if you're at the top and you just, you don't have the information. So this is where the actual top people who you would typically blame for crunch or for these delays, the ones making that choice are sometimes in a, are in a really tough spot where they don't have a good choice. And so they probably, I mean, that's where we'll see when it comes out. If it comes out in 21 days and it's great, they made the right call. If it comes out in 21 days and the PS4 version has a bunch of issues, they probably made the wrong call. They probably should have shipped. 
So that's my worry is it's some sort of, there's some issue that they have no idea how long it's going to take or at the time they didn't. Or um, they're going to delay again. I think that that's the... I'm going to propose something just because I'm, I, I've been thinking about it for the last five minutes. Um, it doesn't look good if they did this, but they could, one of the options they could do, maybe, and maybe they would say it's not an option, but is to not release it for PS4, but release it on other, all so the other things. that is the trickiest part and probably why they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yep. They probably have a contract in place with Stadia, with all the Microsoft content and the Sony content, that they are not... It probably costs them a bunch to break contract for that. That mm-hmm. is what I'm guessing is the reason. That, that's an interesting thought, though, Aaron, because I know with the last uh, console changeover that Xbox One games would generally come out about a week sooner than the Xbox 360 release of the same game when they did the last the last changeover because I was still I was late to the to the Xbox One game. Hmm. So stuff would come out and I would see stuff for it around uh, on the internet. And I'm like, oh man, I got to wait for the 360 version to come out in a week or two weeks. Um, but I guess they're trying to not uh, not do that, but they did. They did used to do that um, in the yeah. in the bygone era. I wonder if it was like one particular studio. Maybe there was some sort of pro. Like they continually wanted an extra two weeks to optimize for the older console. If it was like all the games, there might have been some sort of Microsoft push marketing wise to say buy our new system and you get the game two weeks early. But that is interesting. Yeah, and that's I would personally probably prefer that they just if they've got one problem child to delay for that i would say this if you or were to just or just ship it and say like on day one gate go oh yeah we see that there's problems with the ps4 version we're rushing a patch and that way everyone else has their game and then just take the black eye of oh yes just this one last gen system has problems um that's why i think it's it's more than just one system i think it's overarching and maybe somehow is reaching into the current gen consoles as well that the fix may make them different somehow uh, with what they have to change and it's that's my worry that's what they're trying to figure out is that whatever i I guess that's at the core of it so the frame dropping as an example of what i might think it is i'm willing to bet that whatever the problem is its current solves are more game affecting than just dialing some some stuff back and actually it's probably hitting some sort of gameplay component somewhere and that's why they're trying to solve it some different way i if i was in charge i would have probably just not put the next date and i might have done that for the last delay and just done a quarter done last quarter of or not last quarter is it the third quarter because a uh, uh, fiscal year is at a different. It's not Christmas time. It's. I can't remember what. I think uh, Christmas is quarter four. I I. Yeah, I think fall cr- is Christmas quarter is Q four. Yeah. But you know they they just did that with um with Apex. We were talking about the Apex ports earlier. Yeah. And uh, the Steam one comes out on Wednesday. Yes. Day after Election Day. Um. So it'll be out by the time this airs. But they have pushed the switch port until 2021. That's all they've said is sometime in 2021. So they've 
really not put a finger on it, even though it was supposed to come out with now. Yes, it was supposed to come out with the rest of the crossplay, and then that's a yeah. that's a massive massive push to just say I don't know sometime next yes. year. Mm -hmm. I I would have done that for Cyberpunk. Um, for this, I think is the the weird thing is it's just a weird. They have all this marketing out, and then they pushed it twenty days, which in game dev time isn't. It's short. It's not enough to usually like it. If it's twenty days, it can't be that big of a problem. But if it's not that big of a problem, why didn't they just like launch or why why couldn't they just? I, honestly, it's probably crunch hours too. They probably can't crunch enough. This is the spot where you go. We have a week's worth of work. We do an extra week's worth of work during our week. Is other studios? That's what ends up happening. Is crunch turns into hundred hour weeks leading up to it because they just there's a release date and they're gonna stick to it. So this might just be them being real, like far nicer to their employees, even though they've been crunching through this. Though their crunch isn't as bad. It is overtime paid. They don't have to work on Sundays. I think there's some other Polish Polish laws are pretty pretty good for game dev compared to like us in America we're all where we don't have a lot have of rules. contractors so then there's no rules yeah and it gets really tricky mm -hmm. um I don't know it's a it's it's fun to talk about and think about because it's just a really good case in the AAA environment I would prefer since it's a single player game I would much prefer that they get things fixed so that when I play it it's enjoyable and exactly as they intended. I really don't care to put 30 hours into the game and then have them come out with some major patch that like fixes some major core issue that like I just didn't have. It was like gutted for the initial release. I, I dislike that because then I have to play the whole thing again. So my opinion would be to be more obscure with your release date and just wait until it release and then just kind of ghost release it at this point since you've messed up your marketing already and it's all incorrect just pump it out like apex well, who who knows you know what what's really going on there i'm i probably very interesting to be a uh you know person familiar with the matter and you know really be in and go oh okay and i wonder if we would say that makes sense or if we go no they're still making the wrong call but yeah yeah um, i want to hear like in some documentary after it's out like what has been going on with some of these delays for the game and how they come about. Like the story of the ET game, you know, if you really hear about it, it's like, oh, the game was fine. It was the marketing that that really uh, yeah went sour on that expectations before the uh, the crash. Yeah, that's a really for anyone who's curious. Definitely look up like the origins of that ET game, considered to be the game that like crashed the market and was the worst game of all time. Yeah, because then you yeah, hear about it. It was really not. actually a, a fine game. It's not a great game, but it was it was fine. There are much more broken games that you can get. Yeah, it was um, just like really ET. confusing. Yeah, and just marketed. Marketing is a huge, I mean, just consumer expectations. You can have a pretty garbage product, but if you meet the expectations and set them at the appropriate spot, you won't get fan backlash in the same way. It's really all about managing expectations. Yep. And I will say, CD Projekt Red has not been very good at doing that for this game. It's hyped to the moon and back. 
if it's yeah, bad. Yeah, they went some, with some pretty old school yeah. tactics um, with, you know, from Keanu on, and that feels like a lifetime ago. It does, doesn't it? That's all uh, I know Keanu about it. Keanu Reeves was it. in it. Yeah, that's because they kept delay. I mean, they, the first delay was what, like a almost a year delay, like a nine-month delay? It was supposed to come out in April or something of this year, so then they pushed it back to September, and then they pushed it back to November, and then they pushed it back to December. Yep. If they have another pushback, uh, that's going to be very interesting. Well, hopefully it doesn't end up like Mulan, where it gets pushed, 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 and then basically, you know, dies a, a sad death. Yeah, and then comes out and is completely below expectations, and yeah, just not. Yeah. That's the worry. It could really be not fun. I don't mind waiting for a good game. I don't want to wait for a bad game. Yeah. It looks fun and injury. immersive, but I mean, the gameplay could. You really don't know till you see some serious gameplay loops, and we haven't seen that. We've seen some old footage at this point. I guess we've seen some gameplay, like some gun shootouts and stuff, but how the overall game interacts with all the different systems is curious. Well, it'll probably be a, a day 60 purchase for me, <laughs> um, but uh, I am looking forward to hearing. If, if it's good, it might be something that I jump into. Um, I mean, I've heard Legion is fun, watchdogs but yeah you know not quite my cup of tea oh. i don't like the after dishonored i think i kind of got tired of the open sim or even hitman kind of approach it how yeah. you want system i really thoroughly enjoyed um all the very specific uh in talk and learning terms <laughs> and stuff that's kind of nerd about that sort of stuff uh, it's work to you but it is uh fun hobby to me no, it's still fun that's maybe it's, the problem it's still sometimes. fun yeah. like we like our jobs. Yeah, it's a lot of problem solving. I think any job that has a lot of problem solving in it ends up typically being fun because it's got a level of rewarding to it. That If you like problem solving. If you like problem solving, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so thanks for that. Uh, I won't keep anyone uh, too much longer. Do uh, you guys have any other thoughts about anything that we covered uh, before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, you know, I think I'm probably going to take a work day off when cyberpunk does come out i am one of the people that really does want to play that game i don't expect it to be the bee's knees i just want a futuristic game where i can run around an rpg so i'm excited uh no but besides that um wish me luck as i play more mario 64 because man that game is rough on my janky controller i don't think people many people have heard this game Maybe you have, but um, the one the game I'm excited to revisit for the N64 is called Ogre Battle 64. I think it's the fourth installment of its series, third or fourth. Yeah, you love but talking about this game. I've I love this game. Nothing but Ogre Battle 64 from you for the last. It's several my favorite years. N64 game. Okay, so and I, I have no idea. I've never looked at it. I actually think I know about that game. Uh, actually, uh, unless it's different than the than the one that I, I heard about i might we'll come back in two weeks you, you can do your research on it james will see me play it at least once and yeah. then we'll see what, how it goes from there it'll look terrible your nostalgia will be ruined hey i told you i played this in two, uh, 2011 oh, right. so you actually know it, i've played this still... relatively recently because okay. in the nintendo 64 timeline <laughs> wow <laughs> and still enjoyed it i might not enjoy it on the flat screen in the same way yeah, sorry. But if I, I move that I around to a different a screen and it still yeah, works, go out and find I like a 19-inch okay. Mitsubishi CRT and just put it in, like clear, every, wipe everything off of your nightstand, just wholesale onto the floor, 
stick it right there and you're good to go. There we go. Just like the 90s. Yes. That's what you get for Christmas. An old TV from last. We'll put it. it, Yes. Yes. I'm excited about this. (laughs) Oh, okay. Apparently you got to write this down as a Christmas gift. Yes. It does not take much to please her. Okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, If you guys keep it up, I might just have to send some of our, um, some of our uh, N64 games. We can, I can mail them to you and we can reuse a sleeve and send games back and forward. Oh, we can do a swap. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've got, got a, a few, and they're they're adding up. Um, okay, well, uh, on nice. that note, uh, something borrowed, something blue. Which game is blue? Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater is blue. Uh, thanks for joining us on uh, this uh, wonderful meandering episode, and um, thanks again to James and Aaron for continuing Oops. to uh, show up and do these. I have a lot of fun. Um and uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys again in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, yes. So this is where we say goodnight. Later. <laughs> Gamers. Gamers.